there, Green Future Growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app. And let's get growing. Hey, Green Future Growers. So it is August 4th, 2019. And I'm listening to Kate's Take, who writes the audio blog for Entrepreneur on Fire, which is John Lee Dumas's podcast that taught me how to podcast. Um, and so she she writes the blog, but then she does the podcast about it. Um, and I was she's talking about um, doing a recap from uh, this workshop convention thing that they went to, and. I don't know. And then she was talking about, oh, her episode 200 was kind of a recap of the best interviews or the best episodes. She doesn't do interviews. She just teaches that she's been doing. Um, and I don't know. So she was talking about lessons she learned. So I was thinking about what lessons have we learned this year? And what if I went through the Organic Gardener podcast questions that I usually ask my guests um, about our garden? Mostly I was thinking about one of the lessons we've learned this year is that Mike's beets aren't growing. Uh, I, I don't know if the lesson, if it's a lesson yet because we haven't figured out the solution. But there's this one section of the garden um, that, let's see, last year it was planted in potatoes. Uh, the year before that, I think the first year it was corn. It's only been, so it's in the mini farm. We've only had the mini farm for like, what, four years? Is it even longer than that now? I think three, four years. So last year it was potatoes. The year before corn, the first year I think it was corn. I don't know. Anyway, the beets are not doing anything this year. Now, it could be the soil. It could be the season because he got them in late or it was wet. There's also... They're also in this one section where Mike and I are constantly arguing about this giant um, <coughs> fir tree that he wants to cut down because it does give a massive amount of afternoon shade. And I'm always saying, oh, the plants want that shade. It's so ridiculously hot in the afternoon. They're going to, like, die and it going to need just way more water and all this stuff but really like I that could be the problem his gar his mini farm also kind of slopes down a hill um and so these are kind of at the bottom where it does get more water maybe they're to me they look waterlogged is it's kind of what it looks like we did have a zillion tons of rain which is so weird because the soil is so dry so that's been one of our challenges so let's see if I was thinking about the questions that I ask my first gardening experience so my mom always gardened but I feel like my first garden experience was like <clears throat> I, I want to say it was like a middle school we would go to this place Clark Gardens which was the botanical garden on Long Island you can still go there um it's absolutely gorgeous I mean if you live on Long Island you absolutely have to go check out Clark's botanical gardens I, I'm not sure how many, I want to say it's 13 acres. So that's the way I kind of compare to Mike and our place is 20 acres. So we're a little bit bigger than that. If you're walking around there, sometimes I think about that. And there's these gorgeous pioneer lilies and the history of the pioneer lilies. Um, I read it and made a video of it and never posted it. Maybe I'll try to dig that out. Um, 
but really interesting information about the lilies how people like women would like take them out west with them and they've come across the united states because these women just love their lilies and i saw somebody who posted some story about that had moved and took a, like 150 plants on an airplane with her and they were thriving i can't remember what kind but somebody posted in a facebook group maybe even ours the other day um anyway so my first gardening experience was at this place clark gardens and i hated it i absolutely was miserable i thought it was just the worst work you had to do i think i grew lettuce and green beans and maybe carrots um it was always hot and i just i don't like digging being down in the garden in the dirt on the ground like that's why I'm such a fan of raised beds. Like, I think if you have not tried raised beds and you're a small backyard gardener, that you know, try them and see if that's not a game changer for you. Um, on the flip side, you're probably, if you're one of my listeners, chances are you have a huge backyard <laughs> garden and you don't care about getting down there in the dirt. But um, that's just me. So my mom, my husband, complete opposites. They don't care. They just could play in the dirt in the garden all day, every day. My mom loves the hot sun. Mike, not so much. But fortunately, we live in Montana. I don't know what the temperature was this morning, but I'm wearing gloves on my way to work this morning. Uh, I actually woke up and was like, it's freezing in the house. Um, So two weeks ago, we had 37, 38 one day, 37 the next day. Um, And it's what? August 4th. So... That was my very first gardening experience. I mean, my very first, I mean, my mom always had a beautiful garden. I remember one year where we collected so many pears. We given them to our neighbors. We had bushels and bushels. She made delicious pear butter, and just um, I remember the pear tree was the best tree to climb too. It was right outside our house, and just we spent hours in that pear tree. It was so easy to climb. Um, she also had this great dogwood that I could do flips on all day long. Just the treat the um the way the branches came apart there was the perfect space for me to climb up the tree and flip over upside down over and over and over probably when I was like second third grade I don't know sixth grade um okay what's the next question how did you learn how to garden organically uh my mom Mike um an organic gardening magazine for sure I was looking through so I think we got it from like 2000 to 2007 2008 I don't know uh, let's see. Next question: What grew well this year? So we finally had our first potato dinner, uh, and we've had a few baby carrots to go with that. It's been good. Um, we've had more. Of what's not growing well? We got onions. I picked a bunch of onions the other day. Um, let's see. Uh, tomatoes are doing I, I I just can't imagine they're just flowering so you know for us to get tomatoes my mom keeps talking about she has this huge plant and two tomatoes on it um, and I know that I talked to somebody about what that means if you're what you're supposed to do there's something I've been trying to find the episode I want to say it's Craig LaHoulier who wrote um, Epic Tomatoes um but I couldn't find it in the show notes when I scanned through them the other day. So, uh, but I also talked to Richard Wiswall about tomato. I mean, I've talked to lots of guests about tomatoes. I want to say Tom Lampman. Oh, maybe it's his episodes. 
Anyway, getting to be a lot of information on the Organic Gardener podcast. Um, Okay, so growing well this year, potatoes, carrots, not growing well this year. Well, again, I said the beets, there's no kale, there's no Swiss chard. Some Swiss chard I did plant earlier in the year, went to seed already because mostly I didn't pick it. Um, My arugula went right to seed because, again, I didn't pick it. That's been my problem, just working too much. And I think on the Andrew Mefford poll, um, after pests, the number two answer is just too much to do. And by that, I just feel like too much to do in the garden and also too much to do in your regular life is what I took it to mean. Whereas the quote where it said time was an answer I thought that was more like actual time in the garden um just trying to get all your weeding done all your watering done I don't know to me it's like maybe just your garden is too big or you have too many you know as compared to like life is too much maybe you have to kids swimming lessons or you know you're um acting in a play there was a cute little play in Eureka I wanted to go to this weekend about Patsy Klein. um and just, uh, you know, maybe you've been practicing. That's your thing. You're in the play. Or, you know, just too much to do. It's summertime. Going to the beach. Going to swimming lessons. Going to wherever. Playing tennis. Um, <clears throat> going to work. <laughs> going hiking. Uh, you know, that's another one a lot of people in Montana do. They want to go hiking in the summer. You know, Glacier Park or even our mountains. And um, it's hard to do both. So... Uh, that was the number two, I'm pretty sure, response. I don't know. I still wanted to go through and um, make sure that the thing is correct because a couple of people had double entered their email probably. Like, it does let you change your responses. So, um, I don't know. I wanted to go in and check on that. Although, maybe we should go with that. Maybe some people felt like they couldn't pick one. It was, like, tied 50-50, so they entered it twice. So anyway, pest was the biggest problem. Um, and we're having, I think, a pest problem with our apple trees. Now, many of my guests have talked about pests as kind of a preventative measure. Like I talked in the last episode about the onions that Scott Mann planted that would bring in beneficial insects to eat the pests. You know, and that's like one of the number ones. You know, another one people talk about is Richard Roswell talked about um, letting his greenhouse get closing the greenhouse down in the winter and letting it freeze so that it killed off a lot of pests. He thought that was a big thing. Instead of trying to keep it going all year long and growing food, they kind of let it settle. And um, he thought that was a way to get rid of his pests. Like, um, people have been asking me about fire ants. And I jumped in Joe Lample's um, Facebook group the other day and fire ants in the search bar and there was a list of I think 32 comments of people so um I think some I I don't want to say I want to say somebody said like Dawn dish soap um but there's definitely some people are saying there's ways to get rid of them or maybe it was baking soda I can't remember but I'm gonna jump back in there go through all those maybe see if I can find some guests um that want to come on and talk about their fire ant problems so you know that's one of the things about if you join the facebook group and um to join it there's like three questions like have you been to freeorganicgardencourse.com um and do you have a a question right now that you're um or maybe it says have you been to the organic gardener podcast do you listen to podcast that's the question i should ask um anyway but it asks do you have a challenge and sometimes i 
I can't always research it right away, but usually I will try to research it and get an answer to you. People have been asking about organic fertilizers, organic um, <clears throat> compost. A woman in Bristol, UK asked about where could she get access to organic compost. Um, and you know, the organic fertilizer, like I have been waiting. I'm finally like, and then this morning I finally just went on Amazon was like, how much is a gallon of molasses on Amazon? And sure enough, here come up like six gallons of for 17 bucks, 18 bucks. So if you didn't listen to my interview with AJ Olson from Hippie Fertilizer, he's like, if you want something, get molasses. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, that is so expensive. There's no way. But if you buy it by the gallon, which I'm going to start doing because I put molasses in my coffee every morning. Um, so I ordered it and it's finally came in at the store. It took a month because like the day I ordered it was like the day after they had done their Azure order. And um, don't ask me what made me think that I needed to go through Azure when of course Amazon has everything. And I, I don't know. I go back and forth about the Amazon thing. Um, but... Uh, he said spray, so it's one cup of molasses per gallon of water. So, um, I'm going to try it. So I haven't tried it yet, but he swears. And then he makes like a mixture. He is like a landscaping business and he makes a mixture that's like, um, molasses, seaweed. Uh, I don't know what else is in it. It's like his magic mystery mixture. I wish he would like create a course for um, landscapers that teaches people what he's done. But he did say that what he did was he followed the dirt doctor's course, who was also down in Texas. They're both down in Texas. So um, I guess I could look into that. I did do an interview with Howard Garrett. and He's always one of the most downloaded episodes. Uh, I mean, his passion for organic gardening is just... Um, you know, it's a great episode. So maybe I'll play that. Speaking of like the best. So I feel like I'm kind of like by talking through this, you're kind of getting a little bit of like what Kate's take did. Since we're coming up on interview episode number 300, I did 295 this weekend with Melissa from the key to the mountain down in Missoula was great. And 294 was Brian Moody from also from Montana over in Helena. Um, Okay, so what question? What didn't grow well this year? What are we excited to try different next year? Okay, oh, the other, my blueberries. So my poor blueberries, when I put them in, it was way too cold. I jumped on the season. Then I didn't water them during the dry part. Then we got all the cold and rain. So they are just kind of sitting. I'm hoping maybe they'll thrive next year. Um, My herbs are what are doing the best this year. My herbs are just fantastic. And why are they doing so well? Because <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> They're just growing great. My tarragon's amazing. My oregano and even the lavender that I got last year is, um, it's small, but it, but they're, they're, they're beautiful and they're going to just keep growing. I'm sure. Um, and the black eyed Susans came back. So, uh, what is it? What am I excited to try different next year? Well, I was going to focus on strawberries next year, but my raspberry and blueberry things bombed. Uh, and I ended up buying three strawberry plants in Missoula. So uh, I am definitely focusing on fruit, getting some fruit growing because fruit's so expensive. And just when I saw how NOLA, but I did go visit NOLA and I was like, man, you guys have so much water. They live right on a, a large creek. 
uh, could almost be called a river. Um, and so they have, they have just, you know, unlimited water. And they said that they constantly run four hoses. Um, just there's one hose running all the time. They did talk about automatic, the drip tape and things. So they're just ahead of us water wise. So, um, water is key, uh, if you live in a drier place. So, um, and that's another thing that can bring in disease. And that could be why our fruit trees are stressed. I'm sure they're stressed. So Mike did the permaculture method to give them some fresh soil, kill some of the weeds that are around them, um, which is mostly quack grass. So I don't know how much that's going to work. I think he got the quack grass out, but it's maybe it's something else. And we have some bindweed down in the orchard. Um, but a lot of it is just, I'm sure, stress from water. Okay, so what are we going to do differently? So I'm going to try to focus on food again, uh, fruit again, the raspberries, the blueberries, and the strawberries next year. That's what we're excited for. Different. Um, and then is this where we get to the root of things? So my least favorite thing to do in the garden is anything where I have to like be down on the ground getting dirt in my clothes. Still, same thing. My favorite thing to do in the garden is to sit and enjoy it and eat the eat the harvest <laughs> uh I don't even necessarily like picking it and harvesting it but I do like enjoying the fruits of the labor and eating all the yummy delicious food um favorite tool probably the broad fork uh st- I still love a good wheelbarrow I would like to have a wheelbarrow I would like to have a wheelbarrow up at the house I would like to have a wheelbarrow in my garden and a wheelbarrow in the mini farm I would like to have at least three maybe I could even use four uh, favorite recipe from the garden this year uh, well so far all we've been eating is potatoes and carrots so um, I like them just with like butter and salt and pepper um, let's see roasted would be actually would be a delicious way I enjoy potatoes roasted I like them anyway fried, boiled with butter, baked Roasted, you name it. Um, what other question? Best advice? I'm going to go with Nola's water and my blueberries. Which I didn't do, but uh, should have done. Um, also, time. There's a, in the organic oasis guidebook, there's a whole section on time and filling out worksheets. Uh, that actually like focus on like how much time are you really gonna have and I think that's important I don't know I gotta focus on driving get your copy of the organic oasis guidebook available today from Amazon for just $26.95 and it's got 12 lessons designed to help you create your own organic oasis Um, It starts with healthy soil. It talks about building an earth-friendly landscape. It helps you understand the difference between annuals and perennials and how to bring in beneficial insects. It talks about fruit trees and just um, all the lessons that I've learned on my podcast mixed with what Mike and I have done here. Okay, what Mike has done here at Mike's Green Garden and just um, I hope that it will help you on your garden journey uh, to create, like I said, your own organic oasis, um, where you can have healthy food and 
enjoy, um, you know, a very special place. And most of all, it's good for Mother Earth. If you know somebody who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast, we would just love it if you would share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember to grow.